Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're going to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. Okay, let's talk about who wrote this book. Ellen Jerome's back. She's back after The Familiar, the book that you hated and I hated so much. Yep. How did you feel about this one? Um... I liked it more than the familiar, and even more than the last book, but um, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I thought you'd be all over this one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Again. That's fair. It's fair. Okay. I'll start recapping. We'll figure out how we feel as we go on this journey together. Okay. Tobias is hunting, even though there's a storm coming. He wants to eat before he hunkers down, and he sees a shrew trying to do the same. He folds his wings and dives, catching the shrew and eating it. After he finishes, he hears Taylor's voice echoing in his head, calling him a pathetic bird. And Tobias thinks, the torture doesn't end when you escape, it follows you long after. Wee! He's in- (laughs) super wee. (laughs) Uh, this thought is interrupted by a helicopter that's flying too close, and it brings him out of his own thought space, and he turns to follow it. He sees ATVs converging and follows them back to where a news broadcast is taking place. Tobias circles in close to hear what the broadcaster is saying and finds out there's a young boy missing in this woods, and this boy can't hear the rescuers that are calling for him and searching for him because he is deaf. Tobias circles away and decides that this is something he can help with. And he can still hear Taylor's voice mocking him in his head, but he pushes it away. That's chapter one. <laughs> it is a strong start. Yeah. Kind of. Wasn't there a mention of, like, he and his uncle used to go paintball shooting? Yeah. Um, that is in this... It's in the next chapter because the God, the storm like kind of no 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 it's it's you're right there it's it happens like right now but um he's flying around searching for the kid and the rain starts to fall and pelt him and he says it doesn't feel good it feels like being hit with paintballs because he and his uncle went one time so do you remember like way back in like I don't know it was like the teens where Tobias mentioned something about like how to shoot a gun and I was <laughs> like oh that's a weird thing for him to know yeah. So I like to think that this is this is a continuation of that, and I appreciated it. I I like that. I like that a lot. I'm, I'm okay glad that you remembered that detail that I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah, I was um kind of this this kind of I went a different direction with this because I was thinking of him and his uncle paintballing, and instead of like, oh look, here's a memory where they did a thing together, and Tobias remembers it. I was more like. His uncle probably just took him out there so he could, like, fucking shoot him in the face with paintballs. Whoa! Oh, no! (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) But that's what I thought. Wow. I'm sorry. They were not on the same team. 
Or maybe no, they were and I he just shot like, him in the face. Yeah, he's like, fuck it. I want to shoot this fucking idiot kid. Some stress release wow. for me. I don't know. I just thought he was a mean dude. He's a mean dude. Anyways, yes. So Tobias is searching. The rain starts to fall and it pelts him. And he's circling around looking as the rain starts to get harder and harder. And then the lightning starts. And suddenly Tobias catches a flash of red and then a footprint. And he's able to follow it over to a sinkhole where he sees Bobby. Bobby's huddled at the bottom of the sinkhole. And Tobias starts thought speaking to him saying, it'll be okay. And then Tobias realizes, like, I don't really have a good morph for grabbing a kid out of a sinkhole and, like, lifting him out. Because, you know, even a hork he's afraid he'll, like, cut the kid to shreds. So, instead, he flies back to where everybody's gathered, and he sees a man who looks like he could really use a miracle. And he has this name tag on, which reads McIntyre, which is the little boy's last name. So, we make the assumption that that's his dad. Uh, and the ink is running down his chest in the heavy rain. Tobias lands in front of him and says, I'll lead you to Bobby. And the guy doesn't question Tobias for a minute. He wants to find his son. He doesn't care how it happens. It's adorable. So the guy gets a few rangers to follow him. And Tobias' private thought speaks to the dad only and leads them all the way over to where Bobby is. And when they find him, the park rangers work to pull Bobby out of the sinkhole because it's rapidly filling with water and it's already at his knees. And as soon as they get Bobby out, he and his dad hug and they hold each other really close. And the sight of them together fills Tobias with some sort of emotion. And he lets it out in an aerial display with dives and loops and impressive feats until suddenly, wham, a golden eagle hits him and he didn't even see it coming. David! No. (laughs) (laughs) What a twist! (laughs) Back, bitches! Oh man, that That would be that would be the fucking worst. I know. Instead, a different terrible person is back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which is worse? Oh, I mean, David's worse. I don't know. I well, yeah. I hate David so much more. Yeah, the betrayal. Mm -hmm. Just ew, David. I'm so glad somebody posted that in the, uh, in the Facebook group. Yes. <laughs> uh, Delighted me. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. So, Tobias woke up in a university center with two vets looking at him. He had a useless wing and an injured neck, and the vets were calling him Superbird. And he's like, what the fuck is this? They answered him right away as they were shoving a newspaper article to each other, which read that a talking bird led searchers to Bobby. And Tobias is like, oh, I fucked up. I fucked up real hard. And he's like, in trying to quiet the voice of Taylor in his head, he had announced to the Yerks that he was there and he put himself and his friends in danger. That's when the vets... Yeah. I wish they hadn't been, like, passing a newspaper back and forth. I wish they would have just had, like, the TV on and there was a news story about it. Like, the paper's a little too, like, planted, I think. Hmm. Just a critique. Yeah, TV would have made a lot more sense, huh? I don't know. <laughs> oh, well. Um, so anyways, the vets start packing up to leave for the night, and Tobias is like, oh no, they're going home. And he still doesn't think he can morph because the lab is being recorded. There's security cameras in there. And now he's going to be alone all night. And then he goes to sleep. And we cut. 
to the next chapter. It's too bad he doesn't have a similar bird morph, like, similar in size. Because maybe the cameras wouldn't pick up on that necessarily. I mean, he could, like, go to, like, seagull and then back. Yeah. Or owl or something. Ooh, owl would be better because that's closer in color. Yeah, because then he could just, like, turn and face the corner of the cage and then just, like, morph real quick and then morph back. Uh-huh. Why did you think of this, Tobias? He was busy. I mean, even so, like, that would heal his injuries, but he, like, couldn't get out, so. But, yeah. But heal. Yeah, like, he could heal, yeah, which would be even weirder. Because his but, wing is, like, broken. But then the vets would get to back the next morning and be like, oh, he's all healed. Okay, goodbye. And then release him. He right? really is a super bird. We should definitely kill him and examine his body for science. Okay, the fountain sure. of youth is here. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could <laughs> it could go correctly or incorrectly in any number of ways. Yes. He would be out of pain would be the advantage. Yay. Boy's been through enough. Yeah, he has. He definitely. Although I think they gave him pain medication, they said. So, who knows? Drugs. <laughs> drugs. <laughs> Do you want you want some drugs? <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so Tobias is woken by a loud screech at one twelve a.m. There is a flash of light as a draken beam sliced through the door. Once they burst in, two quick shots disabled the cameras, and a horkbiger came running up to grab Tobias, who was trying to cover his reddish tail in the corner of his cage. A horkbiger grabbed the cage and said aloud, The visitor will praise me! And Tobias is like, You haven't been around here long, have you? The visitor's not going to praise anybody. You must be new. You must be new on Earth. Let me tell you. So um, the horkbiger runs into the hallway carrying this cage, and he was stopped by some human controllers with draken beams. They declared, We're the rebels! Hand over the bird! And the horkbiger turned to run... Ooh. What? Jax. What are you doing? Sorry. Hey. Gax is having a, a fit. No. Anyways, he heard there were birds in danger, and he was like, no, this is distressing to me. Oh, no. Um, I thought he stopped having fits. He did. I think he's just having one because I'm talking. Uh, so the horcruiser ran into the hallway. He was stopped by some human controllers with draken beams. They declared that they were rebels and to hand over the bird. And the Horkbiger turned to run around another way and ran into yet another group of people. There was a huge standoff where the Horkbiger is just holding Tobias's cage and like, what the fuck do I do now? Um, and he got desperate. He jumped at the smallest member of the team. But then a second later, everybody else started jumping the Horkbiger. Tobias's cage got kind of crushed and then went skittering across the floor and wedged under a sink. Uh, the cage was pressing up against him because it's all deformed and crushed now, and he couldn't really see much from where he was, but he could hear fighting until he saw a very familiar set of feet. They were bare feet. Bare feet! And <laughs> Rachel picked up his cage and was like, the cavalry has arrived. Yay! Yes. Your girlfriend is saving you. She's here. Finally. She's here to I kick ass and- finally. I don't know. What else do bears do? Eat honey? 
wave with there was that bear, bear in russia that ate like 40 pounds of cocaine that they <gasps> dumped off a plane holy shit is it okay no he died oh no <laughs> oh no why would it eat so much cocaine I don't know. Like, what possessed him to eat the cocaine in the first place, and why did he continue? Oh, my God. I mean, I know cocaine's yeah. addictive, but, like... Not, like, not like instantly. That. Yeah. <laughs> not oh, like that. Geez. That Poor was a thing. choice that that Russian bear made. God. <laughs> well, that's a horrible thing. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Anyway. So Rachel tells Marco to grab Tobias's cage because Marco has opposable thumbs because he's a gorilla. And Marco reaches for him, but as he's about to grab the cage, a horkbajur grabs Marco's ankle and pulls him away. And Rachel's kind of like, well, I'll do my best. And so she kind of like pushes his cage along as best she can with her like bear claws. And she ends up bumping into a pair of human feet. And there's this very menacing scene where Tobias can't see whose face it is. But like as he looks up, he can see, like, the familiar-looking legs or whatever, and then the face covered in shadow. And then a Draken beam is leveled at Rachel, and he notices the shimmer of the artificial hand, and he's like, it's Taylor, Ugh. who threatens to shoot Rachel, and then immediately shoots Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> she threatened, and then she carried through with the threat. She immediately carried through. That's what I like about Taylor, is that she doesn't, like... She doesn't let it sit. She's like, I'm going to shoot you. And you're like, oh, no, don't do that. Here's why. Taylor doesn't wait. You'll be like, oh, no. And she'll be like, pew, pew. And it's like, oh, is she okay like, then. Is she supposed to be like the anti-Rachel or something? I think so. There, There's just a lot of like, not weird comparisons, but I don't know. There was just a feeling throughout this book. Well, that's like, even in the last book, he... The whole time his comparisons are all like, she is this like Rachel, but not at all like Rachel. Yeah. And here's how you're not like Rachel. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. She's definitely supposed to be like dark Rachel that haunts Tobias's waking moments. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's Taylor. <laughs> She immediately shoots Rachel right in the flank and takes her down. Uh, and then Taylor does her, like, stupid fucking weapon thing where she, like, reaches her artificial hand into Tobias's cage and shoots that gas in there. And he, like, in a super desperate move, reaches out his talon and wraps it around her actual hand, not her artificial hand, and starts acquiring her. And they hold each other in this weird transfer moment before the gas takes effect and Tobias just passes the fuck out. And the like the last thing he hears is Taylor going, It's a new and improved formula. <laughs> God. Yeah. Which I'm sure is the exact tone she said it in as he passed out. <laughs> just, oh God. She's like Billy Mays. <laughs> it's a new and improved formula. Let me show you. <laughs> oh god yeah once again bringing our cocaine commentary full circle did he do cocaine yeah that's i'm pretty sure that's like why part of why he died he died like his heart oh my god did you not know billy mays died this was I like a decade ago i probably did i just oh this was like when we were in college he had a heart attack on an airplane oh yeah 
And there's some talk about like, oh, he bumped his head. God, I hope I'm remembering who Billy makes is correct. The, the infomercial guy who yelled a lot. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Okay. That did the the OxyClean, yeah. the original OxyClean yeah. guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he died on, I believe, on an airplane. And what contributed to his heart failure was his taking of cocaine. Well, I'm glad that we could talk about Billy Mays' death together on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This has gone a very dark place. This is is an interesting start that we've had, I think. (laughs) Again, we're talking about... On on the scale of 1 to 10, how is this podcast going for you so far? (laughs) God. It's just so much cocaine. I could tell you more as we go on, just kind of pepper in the cocaine <laughs> commentary as we go. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways. Fucking Taylor's back. Taylor's back. Back again. Taylor's back. Tell a friend. That's right. I'm <laughs> telling you. You're my friend I'm telling. <laughs> I don't know why this has turned into, like, the purd cast now. Like... <laughs> you heard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so Taylor's back. She's being rude. She shot Rachel. Yes. Tobias wakes up to the harsh sounds of metal grating on metal. The first thing he notices is Drake and Beam strapped with hardware from the tool store. <laughs> and it's all strapped around his cage, pointing at him. And I'm just imagining it like a bunch of those like spring clamp clips with yeah. just Drake and Beam, but like no way to fire them. She just like clamped it down. <laughs> That's not how this is set up at all. They will automatically fire as Taylor clears up very soon if he thinks about morphing at all. Um, Somehow. That's that's the deal. Right. But in my head, these were just handheld guns that were clamped to boards around his cage uh, with no way to fire them. God. <laughs> Which I thought was very funny. Yes. But this is not funny. She uh, has all the guns trained on him and she starts like immediately starts saying stuff like, I want you to think of death as an option to you right now. Because, of course, Tobias is immediately like, oh, I could morph. There is a way out. Death is a way out. And Taylor's like, yes, I did want death to be an option to you. I'm glad you thought of that. And then she continues to say, but I'd rather you stay alive because I need your help. And then she's, like, going on about, like, the Yerks are divided. Many of them are sick of the visitors and the council and everything, and they want out they're tired of being in the system that they're stuck in, and we think that the Andalite Bandalites know how to help us. And Tobias, like, after listening to this weird tirade, finally responds to her, and, like, then she just immediately launches into, like, I could break you in seconds. I know exactly how far to push you and what to say. I could destroy you. Um, but I need you, so I'm not gonna. And then she gives him a piece of paper with a URL on it, and she's like, leave a comment on my <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> like, F for sympathy. I don't know. What do the kids do these oh days? My God. <laughs> I Do you know how pissed I would be if somebody gave me a paper with a URL that I had to type out? <laughs> Email it to me, you goddamn bitch! Oh my god. Anyways. <laughs> um, she gives him URL on a piece of paper like a fucking heathen. And then <laughs> opens the door of his cage and the, opens the window and just leaves. 
And she left um, her dirty fucking dishes in the sink. She left her dishes in the sink. That's what the metal scraping was, was like a fork on the bottom of a tin can. And then she left all her shit in the sink. Like, <laughs> what? What are you doing? Um, like, who eats soup during a t- fucking torture session? I don't even know. It's probably the worst part. Like, if you're going to torture me, at least eat your soup in private. At least eat something intimidating. Like... Eat, like, I don't know, like a piece of chicken or something. Like, do a Denethor, you know? And he's, like, eating the fucking, like, red berries and, like, the, you know, the red juice is, like, spilling over his mouth as his son rides to his fucking death in the fields of Pelennor or whatever. Like, like, make it visually, like, coordinated. Come on. I'm just trying to think of more threatening foods. Like a hamburger, double fisted. <laughs> chocolate cake. No one's gonna fuck with you if you're eating that chocolate cake. Oh my god. I like once you explained it, it made more sense when you first said it. I was like, what foods are classified as threatening? <laughs> Just eat like fucking, <laughs> fucking dragon fruit. Eat like fucking raw chicken, because then it's like, ooh, I could eat you because oh, I'm God. fucking crazy. I don't know. What about twelve raw eggs? Is that intimidating? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I will eat your unborn children. <laughs> God. Uh... This is so much, but I agree that soup is, like, one of the least threatening foods. Like, grandmas eat soup. You can't fucking fool me. I'm picturing it being, like, Campbell's, too, which is, like, definitely weak soup, you know? With, like, the little, like, round noodle things yeah, in it. Yeah, and the tiny cubes yeah. of chicken. Yeah. They have to add a can of water, too, because it's too concentrated. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh. Maybe that was, like, her flex was that it was concentrated soup, but she didn't add water, and she was just hoping that he noticed the whole time, but he never did. (laughs) It's like tearing up in a ramen flavor packet and just eating the powder. (laughs) (laughs) This is chicken flavor. Oh, fuck. That was shrimp. (laughs) Oh, no. <laughs> What's more, like, see, that is the least threatening way you can eat ramen because I think the threatening way would be to open the packet and take a chunk of the raw yes, noodles yes, and yes. bite that. Like, that's yeah. th- <laughs> so, like, you really fuck it up when you're like, look at this powder packet. I'm gonna fucking down oh, this oh, shit. Oh, 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 you snort it. Oh, and then you get that chicken high. Yeah, go back to the <laughs> cocaine thing. <laughs> wow. All right. What a weird podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has gone very awry. Shit. Okay. So. So. so the other dumb thing device. that happened. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, no, tell me. Was that she came to some sort of conclusion that he was an Andalite that magically had the power to stay in morph for longer than two hours, which I feel is a really dumb conclusion to come to. Yeah, and his only excuse is, well, we have scientists, too. Science! Yeah, it was... Science! I was like, wouldn't she realize by now that he's a Nothlet? Like, like the time that she took him from the... I almost said the dentist's office. I'm a little bit tipsy. You know? <laughs> um, the, the vet's <laughs> office. Birds don't even have teeth, Casey. I know! Oh, no! <laughs> it's 
Sorry, I just started thinking about threatening foods again. (laughs) Anyways, Tobias hops out onto the edge of the window and falls, basically, with his injured wing and body and just kind of like blurps onto the (laughs) ground. And uh, then he he did a barrel roll and just kind of like. And then he drags himself under a tree. He morphs, he demorphs, he gets rid of the damage and he's like, cool, I'm good. So once he's flying capable again, he takes off towards Rachel's house. And he's like, I need my friends immediately. Partway there, he realized Taylor could have put a tracker on him. So he lands on a random roof, goes to flee, expecting some sort of thing to burst out of his body. And when it doesn't happen, he's like, further proof what Taylor said was true. And so he tears off towards Rachel's again. Yeah, no is correct. Um, He flies right through her open window where she's inexplicably sleeping and he lands on her headboard, wakes her up and she's like, oh my God, I'm so glad you're alive. And they have like a quick moment where they catch up and she like gently touches him, which I imagine is very awkward (laughs) because I just imagine her like, I don't know where to put my hand. And like then just kind of like patting his head. (laughs) Patting his little head. (laughs) Yeah, just like good, good job. Good good boy. (laughs) Good boy. Welcome back. Um. Anyways, after a quick catch-up, Tobias tells her all about Taylor's plan to, like, go in and do this URL thing, and they're like, we need to talk to the rest of the team. So they call everybody out to the barn. Tobias relays this thing to everybody, and at first they're all like, ooh, this is not, like, this doesn't smell right. This is very wrong. Um, But then they're like, it also is, like, a really unique opportunity. So they're all slowly getting on board, and Axe is the one who at first was like, ha, it's a yerk, we can't trust her, nope. And then he's like, but if there is, like, some sort of resistance, this is pretty great, we could cause a lot of infighting. So they're like, okay, like, let's consider it. And after everybody has their fair say, Jake's like, well, Tobias, it's your decision. And Tobias is like, let's do it. And that's that chapter. Whee! Yes. This is the best part of maybe the entire book. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. <I was> <laughs> it's delightful. So the kids all head out in the middle of the night into Axe's scoop where he has jury rigged up a computer to the internet using a lot of parts from shit that he found and Cassie's cell phone that her dad said she could talk on for 30 minutes a week if she does Saturday morning chores. Wow. They go to the U. <laughs> right? They go to the URL that Taylor gave them, and Axe tells an excellent joke after he types in Earth is Saurus instead of Earth is ours. <laughs> and he goes, I guess seven fingers isn't always better. <laughs> and that's great. Oh my god. It's fucking great. And he also um he also makes a mention of computer renaissance, which I completely forgot was a thing. Do you rem- I don't even know what that do is. Do you remember computer renaissance? No, oh I don't know what it is. I feel like it was like a chain store. Yeah, maybe it was just a, an American. But yeah, it was like a computer chain store, which I appreciated. Um, I appreciate that. And also some explanation as to how Axe is getting power to his little area is that he has a generator mm-hmm. that he hasn't plugged into anything. Maybe he rigged up a solar panel? He probably just, like, steals gasoline. It's like a loud gas power generator. <laughs> he just, like, runs up to cars and just, like, siphons the gas. <laughs> <laughs> like, cut to a scene of 
fully not human he's definitely andalite when this happens going up to like rvs and like doing that thing where you take the hose and like stick it in the gas tank and like suck it with your mouth yep. oh shit Septi needs a mouth so you'd have to go human yeah and then like pours it yeah uh <laughs> and then runs away when they're like hey what are you doing i need your gasoline oh lean 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 or as he's running yeah. oh. <laughs> as he runs away with his arms all like akimbo because he doesn't really have control he's like i'm gonna fall at any moment <laughs> god i love him me too and this isn't even the the there's like a whole other thing too okay. so they send off their comment to the the website that taylor made and they're just supposed to leave a comment so they're like we'll play signed the bandits um, and then the kids hang out for a while waiting for a response, and they're playing Solitaire and Snake, and Axe is, like, <laughs> wasting these motherfuckers at Snake. Oh my god, I loved that. And then Isn't that great? Yeah, so good. And then earlier Marco was like, ooh, there's a, a new James Bond trailer, like, cl- Jake, click on it. And I was like, Marco, that shit would take, like, two hours to load. <laughs> my f- Okay, I didn't write that down, but I loved how, like, he was like, Axe, click on Axe. This is important. Axe, come on. It's important. Axe <laughs> like, was just like, really it. like, Axe <laughs> was like, earthisaurus.com. And he's like, come on, James Bond is really important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved that so much. Yeah. I loved this entire scene. Yeah, it was... This entire, it's so good. And now they're just playing Minesweeper in the woods in the early hours of yes. the morning. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. And Axe is laying waste to them. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, they don't have to wait long, though, because Taylor responds within a half hour, and she goes, don't waste any time. Let's meet in a public location, the borders in the wildlife section, because it's thematically appropriate. <laughs> and she literally says yeah. that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Um, and they're trying to figure out, like, okay, who is going to meet her and, like, what are, like, what are we going to do? Because they can't go as themselves. They don't want their human likenesses to be associated with anything here. And finally, it's Tobias that figures out the exact right morph. And so he's like, I'm going to go see Taylor as Taylor. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I like how Marco was like, uh, X can't go because he attracts too many girls. I also can't go for the same reason. <laughs> I, too, attract too many women. Oh, my God. That was such a good line. (laughs) Marco was fucking on point in this book. He was. All the good jokes. (laughs) So uh, they meet up at this borders the next day, and Tobias surprises Taylor. And when she, like, turns around, there's a moment of, like, kind of, like, oh, on her face because she's like, that's clever. I see my own unblemished, perfect image. And um, she asks if being able to acquire well and morph is a new upgrade because remember Tobias acquired her as a hawk right. and she figured that out. Right. And Tobias is like, we know science. That's <laughs> <laughs> his answer for everything. <laughs> yeah. He's basically just like science is the reason, <laughs> which I appreciate. That's going to be my excuse. I've used for science as an excuse before, so... Yep. So Taylor and Taylor walk up to the counter to order their drinks in the cafe of the Borders, and they send the barista reeling. He does not know what to do with these two hot twins. So they order their drinks, and, like, 
Taylor, the original, orders, like, some sort of healthy thing, and Tobias is like, I'll take coffee and sugar and cream and whipped cream, and Taylor's like, how the fuck could you do this to my perfect body? What are you doing? <laughs> and Tobias is like, fuck it, I'm having whatever I want today. <laughs> Um, so once they sit down with their drinks, Taylor starts going over the plan. There's a gas pipeline half a mile away from the Yerk Pool, and they plan on digging a tunnel to connect that gas line area into the Yerk Pool. They're going to fill up the pool with gases and create a huge explosion. And apparently it's going to be controlled somehow by Taylor's people who are on it. I'm saying all of this in quotations. And uh, they're just going to use it to take control of the pool, because if you control when the Yerks feed, then you control everything. And Taylor's like, I've done the calculations. We have people working on it. It's not going to destroy the city above. And Tobias, again, just accepts this. And then they're like, she's like, oh, I also know what morph is going to do the job, because Tobias is like, there's no earth creature that can dig this giant fucking tunnel. She's like, no, but there are taxin. And that... Is the end of that chapter. What happened to the portable Candrona thing that they were talking about? Oh, they lightly beat up the factory, the Dunkin' Donuts factory where they were. So the Yorks were like, well, 14 units fell on the ground. This plan's done. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... God. Was that the fucking Helmicron book that that was in? Yes, it was. Or no, was it? It was, was I remember, because Rachel was talking about their polyester uniforms. Okay. (sighs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Anyways, we cut to the food court for another excellent food court scene, where the kids have met up to discuss what Taylor offered. And Tobias is the one that has to explain her plan, and so he kind of becomes like a de facto defender of her plan as well. And they're having a kind of roundtable here about her intentions. And everybody is shocked that she expects them to go tax in. And Marco starts grilling Tobias, like, why Taylor isn't using actual tax in to do this job. And Tobias is, like, kind of giving up, like, half-assed, like, well, they don't actually have tax in the resistance. Because, like, you don't want an ally that would sell you out for a rotten piece of meat. And Marco goes, I don't know if a child that got a B minus in gym can control a taxon. And Rachel's like, you got a B minus in gym? And that's a most excellent interaction. So, But it was so random. I was like, why would you bring that up now? <laughs> I Like, it's got to just be eating away at him. And like every waking moment, oh, he's like, yeah. how did I get a B minus in gym? He was just looking for the right opportunity to slip it in and complain about it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like I run that. for my life all the time. How am I not fit? <laughs> <sighs> okay, I appreciate that. I liked it. I just like that they're still worried about grades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You're fucked. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Um and then Jake takes this moment to leave to get them all food. Like a lot of food. Like, <laughs> with like what money of, I don't know like they've all pooled their allowance to buy like 18 hamburgers and nachos and hot dogs and chips and like just like a fucking lot of food I think my son Axe was very contained in this scene and I'm very proud of him He, I think it was because he was torn between looking through his bag of electronics that he had just bought which <laughs> is a point that is never brought up again and we don't know what he bought <laughs> 
and eating nachos. He was like in his own little world. Aww. Um, anyways, right when Jake gets back with all this food, Rachel, like, grabs a burger, takes a bite of it, and then she's like, just so you know, I'm in for this plan, by the way. I'm doing it. And Axe is like, yeah, you know what? I'm in, too. And Marco just goes, like, how do we communicate back to Taylor, though? And Tobias is like, we don't. We just, like, show up and do this, or we don't. And the whole time that they're having this discussion, Tobias gets this, like, overarching feeling of, like, all of his friends are withholding, like, not withholding information from him but like holding back and not kind of being as bantery as they could be with him because of the sensitivity of the subject of taylor so like they're all really humoring him in all of what he's saying here oh i don't like yeah that. i don't like that either he mentions it like just once or twice but like he does mention that they are all kind of like when marco could have come back with like a comment he would kind of stop himself and not say something mean because like yeah taylor and tobias are not a good mix yeah so it's at this point cassie has an outburst yes (laughs) (laughs) she like i don't even know she like stood up and it draws the attention of the people next to them and she's like how can we do this how can any of you do this? How can you think this is a good plan? And Jake just, like, puts a hand on her shoulder and, like, guides her back down to sitting. Like, okay, it'll be okay. And uh, Cassie's like, how can we be responsible for the deaths of hundreds of people? And not that any of you care, but thousands of yurks. Some of them are allies. And Axe points out, like, this statement is incongruous with your past behaviors. And <laughs> Casey's like, Cassie's like, the self-defense, it's fine. It's self-defense, right? That's a thing. And, like, she kind of is trailing off here. Like, she's kind of arguing with herself. Like, this is, it's, I had to. I, you know, I, it's right. It's the right thing. Can't you see? Don't you get it? (laughs) And no one's seeing her point. So she goes and goes to Jake and says, what about Mr. Tidwell? We owe telling him that this is going to happen. And Axe is like, we owe them nothing except maybe a warning. And Cassie's like, that's bullshit. And Jake, what are you going to do if Tom is there? And Jake's like, we're just going to have to accept Tom's death. And Cassie's like, that's completely fucking nuts. And uh, then somebody else points out that the Yerks are inherently not innocent because of infesting people, and Cassie tries to argue that some of them feel like they have to because they'll be eliminated if they don't infest people and, like, be part of this thing. Mm -hmm. And um, they argue back, like, hey, this isn't, like, bombing innocent people. And then Tobias looks around at all the people at the mall enjoying their Saturday and thinks, isn't it? Uh... Yeah, this... I mean... Moral quandary... I mean, I was a little bit bothered by Axe's whole demeanor during this, because he's, like, talking about this mission like it's some kind of, like, cool, harmless opportunity to see something neat. Mm-hmm. He's all like, oh, it's an interesting opportunity. I think we should pursue it. Like, he's so casual about it. And then I was like, do you not comprehend? But, like, like you know, it's, yeah. it's Axe. He's more logic than emotion, and that makes sense for him. But I was also like, ah... He is, but I also think, like, part of it is that Axe, I don't think, ever considered 
that, especially because of like how propaganda-y the Andalite homeworld is, I don't think it ever occurred to him that there could be infighting within the Yerks. Like, this is a totally new concept to him. And he's like, yeah. holy shit, if we can have them fight with each other and then we have to do less shit because they're fighting with each other, that's yeah. great. Like, we got to yeah. do this. Sure. So I could totally see why he would be like more willing to like, yeah, let's yeah. push it a little further because like this could be really great. Yeah, especially coming off the Helmicron book, where that was a big, right? Or was that the first Helmicron book? Getting the... no, that was more the first Helmicron book. Getting them to fight each other. I mean. Yes and no. I mean, that was the solution to the end of the first book, but it was a big plot point in the second book that then just disappeared and poofed into space and never came back. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to bring up the cross. <laughs> it's my trigger word. It's a sensitive subject. <laughs> That's like, if I ever am uh, taken over by something and my I die and my body's being used, my um, sleeper cell word that will bring me back online to murder everybody around me is Helmicrons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're, we're ever in that oh, specific no. situation, I just want you to know that. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We've talked about a lot of shit I never thought... There's words coming out of my mouth I never thought would come out in the order that they have in this <laughs> recording. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. Me either. Let's talk about Cassie, who does know what's happening. She yes. has very strong feelings about what's happening. Yes. So Cassie backs out of this mission. She's not going to do it. And Tobias admires her. He's like, wow, I, I wish I could do that, but I gotta go because Taylor's there, and if I'm not there to watch Taylor, then who's gonna watch Taylor? As if nobody else is capable of it. And in right. fact, he's the worst choice for it. I don't know. Does he feel some responsibility for her, though, since he is kind of the the ambassador between the two parties? Okay, so here's where I um thought that I might I like I'm I'm just gonna say right up front I'm very out of my depth here but this is where I thought maybe I want to start doing some research because to me this whole feeling responsibility for her feeling like he has to be the one to watch her strikes me as like this is some sort of like PTSD this is some sort of reaction to the torture this is mm -hmm. like this is something in his own head that's not quite right because of what happened to him. Yeah. And I I meant to, but then didn't want, <laughs> I wanted to look up, like, what this kind of mechanism is in some sort of psychology term, because it really feels like it might have been researched, and, like, this might actually be, like, there might mm -hmm. be something to this in real yeah. life. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Just also aside from the fact that he has spent, he's technically spent the most time with her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, even during his torture scene, he was resisting her and trying to, you know, combat her even in some ways to, like, get inside her head a little bit. So yeah. do you think it's more than just the fact that he's had the most exposure to her? Yeah, I definitely think it's more. And I think, like, it might even be, like, a little bit of, like, a Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Like, he feels like he has to be 
with not like in a way that's like oh they're nicer to us than the cops so we like them more but like right. i have to be there with her because that's it's my person that i'm responsible for even though i hate them or whatever yeah yeah, yeah i think I there's something to that damn yeah i like i'll just lay out my opinion here like this was a total fucking turnaround from the familiar i thought this was like one of the stronger books that we've read recently mm-hmm. uh, not including megamorphs 4 like in the right main series this is one of the stronger books that we've read yeah recently. i would i would agree with that anyways okay so tobias has his whole thing about taylor uh, and then Tobias and Axe, they're scouting out this station where the meetup is going to take place. It's like a pumping station and it's under construction. So like it got partially finished and then the community that was surrounding it didn't want a lot of traffic. So they decided to halt the construction, have some sort of meetings about it and like make sure it was all copacetic. And um, so like they have the station set up, but the roads are just packed gravel. They're not paved and they have a sewer system there. They have some electricity, but they don't really have any other the other buildings done or completed or enclosed or anything like that so that's what we're dealing with here that's what they're scouting out um they're flying around tobias as himself and axe is morphed to owl before they land and start morphing demorphing both to andalite axe then cuts fur off of tobias's chest in a manner called unsweet which is supposed to be a shaming thing and um tobias asks axe are you shaming me for something and and axe is like no, I'm not, but, like, we just couldn't be twins. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> this <laughs> like, is the only way I know how to cut fur. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. That was his excuse. His many-fingered hands would not handle a scissors well. No, but, like, you shouldn't... I Okay, here's a really cool thing that I'm going to totally derail to talk about for a little bit. Good. So, like, in the US, UK, blah, 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 when you're clipping horses, like, most of the time you use, like, clippers, like, electric, like you know, electric, uh-huh. like you shave your face with. But there's um, this page I followed that has horses in Egypt. And like one of the things they do, they actually have guys that like come around and clip and they're like big fucking shears, like okay. huge scissor shears. It's really cool. And they can do all sorts of like, they, they do cool patterns on like camels and stuff for holidays and so on. So like hmm. they'll do like all these like really intricate fur designs, but like they're actual giant scissor things. It's so cool. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Like so, anyways, I think they should cut stars into Tobias's butt. Oh, like a cutie mark. Yes. Oh. And then we can put glitter hooves on him, which are actual stickers you can put on horse hooves, so we can oh have have glittery pink hooves. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a glow up. Oh God. <laughs> oh. I love Let's it. Decorate our Andalite for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. Okay. More words I thought I would never say. <laughs> Getting into the Christmas spirit. I guess this episode's going to come out at the end of January, but okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe February. <laughs> what is time? I don't know. Who cares what time is anymore? I don't fucking know. Okay, so anyways, um, the two of them start creeping around because they don't want to be in, like, the big lighted area. So they're kind of, like, going around the outside of this. And as they approach the point where they're supposed to meet up with Taylor, she steps out of the shadows, dressed up in this weird black dominatrix suit. (laughs) And, like, Tobias is like, how did we not spot her before? How did she appear from the shadows like the person of my nightmares? 
And um, then Taylor's like, come with me. I've got an especially big, mean taxon for you to acquire. And then she leads them into an underground place where there's machinery everywhere that's screaming and whining and hurting their ears and leads them to this handle in the floor. And Tobias tries to, like, lift up this, like, great thing in the floor. And Axe goes, allow me to help you. And it takes the two of them to lift this thing up because they're so, their arms are so weak. Oh, oh, they need to lift. I know, but this leads to one of my favorite comebacks later in the book. Anyways, I'll get to it eventually. So uh, they try to lift it. When they do, there's this snort from below them that causes them both to jump back. And Taylor tries to mock them. And she's kind of like, oh, you're scared. (laughs) And Axe goes, we're not scared. We're just being cautious. And like, he's very legitimately serious about that. Like, no, factually, we're not scared. Factually, we're being cautious. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. So um, there's no sign of the taxon, and Axe says as much, and Taylor goes, well, then go in and get it, silly, which made me just want to punch her in the fucking throat. God. Who says shit like that? (laughs) Go in the deck cavern and get the taxon, silly. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So Axe puts on a very brave show. He jumps right down into this dark pit. And then he, like, talks to Tobias privately, and he's like, bend your knees upon impact so you don't get hurt. And so Tobias tries to jump down there and just, like, bam onto the floor, because <laughs> he's not good at this. And then he has this moment of panic where he's like, oh, what if she traps us in here in this holding tank thing? And she's he, he, like, thinks, like, oh, yeah, all my friends are waiting out to rescue us, and between Axe and I, we could probably, like, morph stuff to get us out of here. But it doesn't stop him from, like, panicking. He's trying to override with logic, but he's not really there. And so they continue the search for this taxon. They can't see anything in this underground bunker thing. And Axe, like, takes a few steps forward, and Tobias loses sight of him almost completely because it's so dark. And then he sees, like, kind of movement off to his right, and he's like, Axe, is that you? And kind of, like, reaches out. And then there's this tearing, shooting pain up his arm because he has stuck his arm right into the taxon's mouth, and it's grinding down his andalite arm into nothing. Oh, gross. Yeah. And Tobias lets out a scream as he's being sucked towards the taxon's mouth, and Axe leaps into his rescue and just, like, flap, hits the taxon with his tail blade, and then he goes, Tobias, we need to acquire this animal quickly. I think I've mortally wounded him. <laughs> and so Tobias demorphs, and um, Axe is already starting to acquire him while Tobias is demorphing. And then it's Tobias's turn. And as soon as he touches the taxon and starts absorbing the DNA, he swears that he can feel this force within him raging and just screaming. And he's like, maybe it's my tortured mind, or maybe it really is the DNA of the taxon raging inside of me. And then, with a shudder, the taxon dies. Yay! Yay. <laughs> uh, the next morning, the kids all meet up at this pumping station again. It's an industrial park that is under construction, like we said before. And Tobias is the last one to arrive because he had an unfortunate <laughs> incident with trying to catch breakfast. Which leads to another great conversation. <laughs> So Marco's like, what happened? Couldn't get anything to eat? And um, he's, like, trying to, like, give Tobias shit. But Tobias is like, you know, man, it must be, like, really hard for you to to get breakfast every morning because you got to, like, put a Pop-Tart in the toaster. (laughs) Sick burn. (laughs) It was a sick burn. 
Um, and then, like, we cut to Jake changed the plan on Taylor last minute to try and mitigate some risk. He left a message for her saying, like, don't show up to the site before 8 a.m. And she agreed to his terms. And they had surveillance going for a while. And they, they said they thought she stuck to her word. They couldn't see anything about, like, you know, they couldn't find any evidence of her being around. Um, Tobias felt really uneasy that she had agreed to those terms because now he's like, oh, she has something in her in mind. And then that's when Rachel notices his injury where he got bit by the squirrel that he was trying to catch earlier that day and asked him about it. And he's like, yeah, 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 it's just breakfast bites back. And then Marco goes, I too had an unfortunate breakfast injury on the way here. I was looking in the toaster at my Pop-Tart and it popped up and hit me right in the eye. <laughs> and like nobody acknowledges this great oh, thing that Marco just said. Marco. <laughs> like nobody says anything to him. And oh, I no. appreciate it. <laughs> God, I loved it so much. I love Marco. He's so good in this book. He's a good boy in this book. He's such a good boy. (laughs) He had a Pop-Tart to the eye. (laughs) He probably only made it because he morphed out of the injuries, the catastrophic (laughs) injuries that he had. (laughs) Oh, my God. He would totally do that. He a thousand percent would do that. Um, and then Cassie's there and we find out that she's only shown up to see off her friends and like, that was it. And then she's leaving and it's really awkward. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. I mean, super weird. Part of me is like, oh, she she says she's not going on the mission, but she's going to like end up saving them or whatever. But it's, it's weird that she chose not to go like this late in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see her doing this, like, earlier on in the series, but, like, I don't know. Yeah. I I mean, like, Tobias does make, like, a pretty big point of mentioning that they are, uh, Jake always gives them the option to sit out the mission. It's just they never really take it. Yeah. So, it's like, know. at this point, you've been through enough shit to know that you're stronger together, never split the party, that kind of thing, but... Like the fact that her her conscience, having having a clean conscience, you know, went out in this moment was kind of interesting. Yeah, it was an interesting decision for sure. Yeah, um, but I like, I don't know. I can kind of respect it though. Yeah. Like, I wasn't like, wow, that's totally not at all like Cassie. I'm kind of like, well, I can see it. Like, yeah, it's not a great time like it oh this hasn't happened before but like i could see cassie being like i absolutely refuse if i know that that's how much human life and then york life is going to be lost i need to take a stand against this but like what good is it gonna do because your friends are still gonna be responsible for that yeah and yeah you had an option to like stop them or trying to talk them out of it or you know to help that aid them in their mission, which is, you know, ultimately going to help kill a bunch of people. But, you know, at this point, it's kind of like you need to help your friends more. I don't know. This is weird. I feel like I wouldn't normally be arguing this, but <laughs> like we're so far in now that I'm just like, do whatever you can to help your friends win this war against the Yerks. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and I feel like I normally wouldn't be arguing, I respect Cassie taking a stand and stepping back. I feel like I should definitely be like, you gotta be gung-ho about doing this shit. 
Well, we've I, taken weird reversal today. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Is the moon full? I don't, I don't even know. I don't think so. Part of me wondered, though, if you were going to get really mad at Cassie about this, because, like, it reminded me of when Eric is like, I'm not going to help you because I would like to be a pacifist. Goodbye. And just kind of the same thing, maybe? It's See, okay, here's why I don't think it is. Like, I think that with Eric, that shit is like, oh, I'm going to have other people do my dirty work and I will have my hands clean because it'll really hurt my brain if I do bad things. With Cassie, she's like, I have done terrible things, but I am drawing the line here. And okay. this is the point where it's too far. And she does like she does argue it like that's her whole food court meltdown thing is she's saying like this is too far we are killing people which is something we have said from the start that we are not going to kill people and this will do that thing that we have said we would never do so like it she's looking at them and saying you guys are going too far you're break like you're pushing the line past where we all agreed it had to be drawn and I am taking a stand against it. It may not be effective. It may not stop you. But I am showing you guys how much I disagree by doing this. And I kind of, I really respect that. Yeah. I just, I don't see what good it's going to do. <laughs> you know? I mean, but you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Like with any, with anything. Like, yeah. just like our conversations earlier today oh about Nestle and J.K. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta start somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's difficult, but like, I think it. She was. It's like almost more symbolic than anything else. It's like, yeah. I am gonna stand up against you guys, and I'm not gonna like stop you, but I'm not gonna contribute to this that I so I'm so vehemently against. I guess I would have felt better if she had come along. To see them off, but also made one last ditch attempt to be like, guys, please don't do this. Yeah. You know? Like the fact that she's just like that. coming along to see them off for like seemingly no reason is kind of weird. Like but at this I point. Also, in the book. like not that there's any reference to this in the book, but here's a moment where like I do my favorite thing and like create backstory out of nothing that yes. I imagine happened. <laughs> yes. I would love to think that Cassie brought this to Jake and continued the argument with him. And she is showing up now, like completely shut down by Jake. And she's been oh. arguing it with him all night. And like, this is like, she's coming along to say goodbye, but she knows there's nothing she could do. So she's just kind of beaten down in this moment. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Cause that would be, that would be awesome if that was, like, the background narrative of this. Oh. And that there's, again, there's nothing to hint that that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, like, a, a, a very plausible possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And that, like, the other thing I really like about that is I just, I love the idea that there seems to be this, um... Like, a, a closeness between Cassie and Jake, which there should be, because they're dating, right? So they are closer... Then, you know, Jake with the rest of his team members. And yeah. that's that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I like the idea that they have moments like that as well, where that closeness allows Cassie to say, like, let's have an open dialogue about this. And I really like the idea of that happening repeatedly in the background that we don't always get insight to, but those conversations are happening and the relationship is, like, building and changing based on that shit. Oh, they're 
so mature. I know, right? Let's have an open and honest dialogue about our feelings. Like, <laughs> God, that's every, like, marriage counselor's dream. Yeah. have one of them and that, like, say that. <laughs> <laughs> the, and that's, I don't know. I just imagine Cassie and Jake being that kind of couple. And yeah. then, like, I'll look at Rachel and Tobias. And as much as I love them, I don't imagine them having an no, open and honest dialogue. <laughs> no. 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 Man. So good, though. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the nasty part of this book. Let's get to the really good part and then the nasty part of this okay. book. Because the next thing that happens, I am 1,000% sure happens simply because Axe struggled to open the hatch last night. <laughs> they go to open the sewer and Axe puts his tail blade in it. And, like, just flips the sewer cap into the air, like, flipping end over end, like, shoo, 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 shoo. And then it goes, boom, and lands with this huge thud, like, two feet from Jake's feet. And Jake just looks at Axe and, like, very dryly goes, wow, Axe, you should work for the city. (laughs) Fucking amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think he was, like, stressing about it? Be like, oh, man, I gotta open that thing again tomorrow. I can't, I can't show him that I can't lift it with my weak little kid arms how can i make this look awesome (laughs) like all night practicing throwing sewer grates (laughs) (laughs) throughout the town (laughs) some very confused like public works guy the next day was like what the fuck is with all these sewer caps (laughs) (laughs) oh so good (laughs) that is so good i loved it so much it was the coolest fucking part there's so many good parts. So many good Axe and Marco parts in this book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then now it goes shitty. Because now we cut to... Well, we don't even cut. Jake just basically says, Well, Tobias, since you have an infected wound from a squirrel, you get to morph first. Looks like you're going taxing. Which I, like... I know we've talked before about, like, Jake just telling people what to do instead of doing that whole like hint hint maybe you should volunteer but like i'm not sure i appreciated this moment no <laughs> um so tobias like flutters down into the sewer and he lands and his friends all start like calling out support to him and it's very weird like they're all like you can do it buddy it's gonna be great and like the only one that i really appreciated was rachel calls down like i'll be right here like Aww. it's okay i'm here for you Aww. i love that yes uh, there was a lot of cute moments between them. I just feel like everyone else is kind of coddling him, and I don't appreciate it. Yeah, and th- in this moment especially, it was really obvious that everybody else was, like, coddling him a lot, and Rachel was just genuinely like, I am here for you if you need oh. me. And I appreciated that. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I liked it. Okay. So now we get our detailed morph sequence of the book. Detailed morph sequence. Okay. <laughs> so, so Tobias starts morphing into this taxon. And as soon as he starts, he didn't even have to concentrate anymore. This morph just took over his body. He melted into this giant gelatinous worm. Yeah. And everything kind of like swooped and scorped all over the place until this little like pincer leg started coming out. And they just like pop, 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 pop down his body. 
And, like, then the eyes all separated, and they're, like, compound eyes within compound eyes. And then he's like, but the taxon brain had never quite formed well enough to understand all of the sight, so it was really fucking trippy. Uh, (laughs) And then the final thing to form was his giant mouth. And, like, there's this moment of, like, just quiet where he's just hit full taxon form. And then the instincts rush and hit him like a freight train. Before he can even think, he's lunging at the sewer cap because he's he can sense all these people above. He can sense the warmth. He can, like, hear their footfalls vibrating. And then he starts, like, picturing all of his friends. And these digestive enzymes just start, like, secreting out of his mouth because gross. he's expecting to be fed. So gross. And he starts, like, thinking about Marco. And in his mind, he's already, like, eating Marco. And then he starts thinking about oh. Jake and how he's going to eat Jake. And then, like, God. he's going to gnaw through axe and then he starts thinking about eating rachel and that's when there's this moment of like wait no don't do that and then he says (laughs) the like kid in the back of his mind the kid tobias was just ranting and raving like no no don't eat our friends turn around we're not gonna do this and like just going nuts and tobias somehow was able to back this taxon body down the tunnel and stop like clawing at the sewer grate and then he aims this taxon body at the dirt in the side of the cement tunnel because Taylor's people had opened up this section, so it was just dirt. And he just starts eating. Ew. And his friends are like, are you okay down there? They start, like, trying to yell down for him. They start thought speaking to him. But all he can focus on is eating and secreting this dirt. God. This <laughs> book got very, like, vor. I kind of feel like. Like, I don't know. Yes, but also, like, taxons are very clearly established as the only thing they care about is eating from, like, day one. Yeah. So, I can't blame them for going a little bit vor. Yeah. Vor stuff in here. (laughs) Anyway. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All that Tobias can do is eat and poop. And all of the dirt secretes out of his taxon pores and it's gooey and disgusting and coating the tunnel and slime <laughs> because it's the 90s and everything is slime. Oh my god, so visceral. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciated the sequence. Yeah. It was very good. So uh, when his time is almost up, Jake starts calling for him and like saying, stop, stop, take a break. You got to demorph. Come back, come back. And the only thing that actually gets Tobias's attention and gets him to come back was that he realized, like, oh, there's fresh meat at the other end of this tunnel. So he, like, shoots out of there like he was fired from a cannon and comes back at the team. And he's, like, coming, like, mouth open, ready to eat them. But when he gets there, he sees, like, oh, these aren't humans. They're all in battle morphs. So he sees Axe and he's like, no, he knows Axe to kill him with that tail blade. And there is some sort of, like, sense of alarm in the taxon. But it's so secondary to the all-consuming hunger that he's, like, willing to ignore it and kind of still, like, inching towards them. And then he becomes aware of Taylor, who's this small, defenseless, easy-to-eat thing in this sea of giant monster battle morphs that could kill him. So he wants to go after her, and he starts to, like, lunge towards her, and she raises a Draken beam at him, and she goes, Just try it. I'll fucking fry you. And, uh... She says, there's some dialogue back and forth about how she's like, I'm going to shoot you on setting six, which means he'd just be blown to smithereens. And Axe goes, we agreed that you would shoot nothing above a three. And Taylor's basically like, 
tough shit. And this is about the point where Tobias is human anger combines with that tax and hunger and he just loses it like he lunges at her he's gonna fucking eat her and kill her because he wants her dead and his taxon wants her dead and they're in agreement so like hey fuck it and then taylor shoots him as he's lunging at her and paralyzes his whole body this allowed him to regain some control of the morph and start demorphing and partway through this demorph, he was already, like, so distracted and frazzled that he's like, oh, fuck, she's going to see hawk parts coming out and figure it out. So he tries to do the cool thing that, like, Cassie would be able to do where every time a hawk part comes out, he tries morphing it to Andalite right away. And he's not sure that if any of this is working, but then he realizes, oh, his friends have covered for him. They've kind of backed Taylor away into a corner under the guise of arguing with her about using the wrong setting. And she was really upset because she's like, my Draken beam didn't work. This thing's weak. And Jake privately lets Tobias know, like, hey, Axe messed with this Draken beam so it couldn't fire above the setting three. And then they're all like, we can't fucking trust her. She just tried to, to blow you up, to blow you to, like, smithereens. Like, we cannot trust her. And Tobias is like, I don't know. I think we should keep going. And he's like, I have no idea why I'm saying this right now. <laughs> So that's that exciting scene. Yay. Also, doesn't um, he have some sort of, like, inner turmoil about how Taylor's always taunting him about how he trapped himself and he's a loser and shit, but he was kind of like, maybe I did trap myself because my human life was so shitty and I felt um, this joy at being a hawk for... A permanent amount that of time. specific instance is a little later in the book. Damn it! Through... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I keep no, no. doing this. My notes are you're so fine. not coordinated. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. Because like it, he does say like it's a running theme throughout the book where he's like Taylor is taunting me and like I have these and these feelings about Taylor. The it's just when you said the hawk part specifically and like maybe I did trap myself. That's a little later. Not too like only a couple chapters from now. Um, so up next, Axe has to go to Taxon. And when no. he morphs... <laughs> Don't do this. Yeah. His... Your good, good boy still has to do this. No. <laughs> um, so when Axe morphs to Taxon, he goes into hibernation mode, and Tobias is like, why didn't you tell me about hibernation mode? And Axe is like, I didn't know until I was in the morph. Like, I had just heard about it. I didn't know if it would work. Um, so he goes to Taxon, and he's somewhat in control because he's, like, started this hibernation mode that the thing has. And, like, when he's off in the tunnel, all the other members of the team, other than, you know, Axe and Cassie, start having a conversation about, like, what are we doing? Like, what's, what's really going on here? And, like, Rachel and Tobias are the ones that start getting really into it because Rachel's like, I want to take out Taylor. Like, I think we should kill her. That seems good. And um, then she's like, we should definitely fight. But Cassie maybe was kind of right about, like, killing the other people. And uh, then there's something else about, like, gas and running, knowing what was going to happen and panicking. Rachel's, like, having this, like, weird thing where she can't stop thinking about, like, all the people down there just smelling their doom and, like, running out of there. Jeez. Yeah. She's like, goes to a very, very dark place. And she's like... I know what their last moments are going to be. Cassie's right. We shouldn't do this. But Taylor definitely sucks. And Tobias <laughs> is like... Like, that's Rachel's whole argument. <laughs> um, and Tobias is like... 
just because their last moments are going to suck, that doesn't change any of this. There's only six of us, and who knows how many of them. And then Tobias starts, like, recalling all the stories. Axe starts telling him about all the, the places that were, like, taken over by the Yerks. And Tobias is like, we cannot let that fucking happen here. And um, Rachel's still arguing, like, no, Cassie's right. Like, we, these people, these humans are going to have, like, fire and brimstone ending. And Tobias is like, they're just Yerks. They're all just Yerks. Like, they need to die. So wow. it's, like, a very weird, like, reversal of roles between the two Yeah, because usually Rachel's, like, no, we have to do this end of story, and Tobias is finding the more kind of nuanced thing. So yeah. it's interesting that they kind of switched. Yeah, and I um, really appreciated, especially after, like, we've been seeing Rachel kind of, like, spiraling a little bit, maybe, like, becoming a little more, like, bloodthirsty or battle, like, she really wants to battle. Yeah. So this was, like, a good moment where she, like, backtracked, and she's like, actually, there's a point. You know, that we shouldn't be blowing up humans. We did say we didn't want to do that. Other than Taylor, we should definitely blow Taylor up. But everybody else, (laughs) maybe not. (laughs) Yes. I do like her commitment to getting rid of Taylor. Yes. Like... She's very sure. (laughs) I feel like that's very her. If she's, like, torn on something, she, like, focuses her energy on something that she's definite about. And in this case, it's killing Taylor. I've never quite thought of it that way before, and I really appreciate that. Yay! I like that a lot. Like, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to focus on the what I do like. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. I like that. Ah. Uh, um, so then there's this other super fucking creepy, weird-ass moment that happens where all the other Animorphs go above ground to demorph, remorph, get away from Taylor so, like, she can't see what's going on. And they leave Tobias alone with her. Weird. Who, what? like... I Because they had to, I think. Yeah. For the most part. Like, just, they could have, like, done it in... Shifts. Rotation, yeah. Yeah, because I felt like that was weird. It's like, you're, you've been, like, kind of coddling and handling him with kid gloves this whole time, but then you leave him alone with his torturer? I don't know. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, sorry. Uh, No, because that happens. But so they leave him alone with his torturer, who then saunters up to him and runs her hand through the fur at his withers. Uh, Oh, yeah. She's like being all seducey and shit, and it's not okay. It's not okay. Like, there's like 30 shades of not okay in Uh, this moment. uh. And like, she starts trying to like seduce him, and then she's like, you know we could rule together. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable. I am very uncomfortable in this moment. Oh. Like, I and here's the other thing that, like, made me... This was another moment where I'm like, oh, this is, like, a psychological thing. I was extremely uncomfortable with it. Tobias, less so. Oh. He was, like, not receptive to it, but he was, like, okay with it. Oh. Ugh. So gross. Yeah. This is the worst. Well, and like, I was kind of expecting something like this to happen because, like, you know, again, he, when I brought up that, like, oh, is she like the anti Rachel because, like, she's so, like, beautiful, but also so, you know, like, you know, unforgiving and blah, blah, blah. And, like, throughout the book, like, when Tobias uses descriptors for her, he, like, usually describes her as being very beautiful. 
So I yeah. wondered if she was going to try and like use that against him in some sort of way. I don't know. Yeah. Ugh, she's a creep. It's I'm wondering too if she is strongly sus- sus- <laughs> if she's strongly suspecting that they're human because why yeah. would she try to seduce an andalite? Yeah. I mean maybe that's just her, but like I think she suspects that there's something up with these kids. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Tobias doesn't protest as strongly as I'd like. (laughs) And (laughs) he instead just goes, you're not fighting for a democracy or something like that. And Taylor goes, democracies need leaders too. So we are going for this democracy, but also democracy with, like, leaders like me. Which is a terrible fucking democracy. That's not at all a democracy. You fucked it up, Taylor. You know nothing. Go back to school. (laughs) You keep using that word. I don't think you know what it means. (laughs) Uh. Uh, So, uh, the rest of the kids come back. They have all decided to go to Wolf Morph this time. Whoops. And because they can pace more. (laughs) It's very important for Jake. Pace is how he relieves stress. Yes. And... It was pointed out that as a tiger, he only had five paces. As a wolf, he had seven paces. Oh, boy. <laughs> Which, by the way, is not in my notes. I remember that off the top of my head. Damn. So, um, anyways, they are calling to Axe, who is completely unresponsive. So, like, okay, we got to go get him. And Tobias is like, okay, I'll go to bat. Which, good instinct, man. That's a fucking great idea. Um, the other kids covered him as he demorphed and remorphed into bat, and he took off down this tunnel, calling to Axe, and, like, hey, man, you're close to the end of your morphing, you gotta demorph, this is gonna be bad, and Tobias found him by going splat right into the back of Axe, and he tells Axe in his most commanding voice, you need to stop and demorph, but <laughs> Axe in this moment was too weak to do almost anything, he oh, was just no. kind of, like, yeah, he was, like, gnawing, but, like, not really moving. And Tobias tells Marco and Jake, who followed him down the tunnel in their battle morphs, like, hey, we gotta get him out of here. He's stuck, and he can't move. And so they grab, like, his, like, gross gelatinous taxon body and, like, pull him out of there with their, like, wolf teeth. Like, they literally dig in and, like, drag him out of there. And once he's out of, like, this little tunnel tomb that he's created... He's able to start demorphing. Um, and Axe, of course, screamed when they bit into him and pulled him out of there. And um, Marco declares Axe is going to die before he starts this morph back because he's so weak. But no, Axe does demorph. He's just exhausted. Shut up, Marco. Um, you don't know anything. Yeah, that was a weird moment, too, because there was never even, like, the inkling, like, oh, he might actually die like this. It's always like, oh, he's exhausted and he's going to demorph. But Marco's just like, this is the end. He's going to die. There's nothing any of us can do for him. I feel like that was just for kind of, like, end of chapter cliffhanger suspense moment. Yeah, I agree. But I didn't appreciate it. I didn't appreciate it at all. It did not leave me in suspense. We all knew he wasn't going to die. Here's... Another thing I'm wondering. So, the taxons are eating and pooping constantly. Yes. How is the poop not, like, completely blocking the tunnel they already made? 
Yeah, I was, like, wondering that, too. And, like, is it just going into their body to, like, actually sustain them? Like, are they just pulling out from the dirt what they can process and, like, spewing out what they can't? I mean, I assume they have some sort of crazy high metabolism. Yeah, oh, for sure. They have to eat constantly. Yeah, like birds. But more than birds. Yes. Like a thousand birds. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how much nutritional value dirt has. Not much, but like they mentioned, they, they talk about that a little bit, how like even for taxon, the dirt doesn't have much nutrition. So that part of the reason why Axe was so exhausted is because taxon will eat dirt but they get, like, because there's not enough nutrients to replace what they're expending to eat the dirt, they'll feel like they're getting gotcha. full and keep going, and then the exhaustion will hit and they'll die, and they'll actually eat themselves to death. Like, because that's a very, like, clear point they make, and they're saying that's what was happening to Axe, and that's why he was, like, so exhausted. Maybe. Poor Axe. I know. He's not having a good day. He's not. Except for that cool stunt he did with the, <laughs> the male cover. That he practiced all night. <laughs> it paid off, my boy. It paid off. Like, I don't know what was better. The fact that Axe did that or the fact that Jake's was just like, cool story, bruh. <laughs> like, I loved both of those things. So good. So, so good. <sighs> um, so anyways, they pull Axe out of the tunnel. Marco says he's going to die. Tobias screams for Axe. And eventually Axe does start to demorph. He makes it back to Andalite. And um, they're they're kind of discussing what just happened, but then they pause because they see a light far off in the tunnel kind of floating towards them. And so they wait while Taylor made her way over to them on her hands and knees in this tunnel that's covered in slime and poop. And so, like, Taylor's covered in slime and poop. And Rachel's kind of, like, squeezing her way through after her as a grizzly bear. And uh, Taylor makes it to them and says, like, what the fuck happened? And Axe is really honest. He goes, oh, I lost control of the morph. And Taylor berates him for a little bit. And, like, Axe just kind of doesn't say anything. And Tobias flies further down this tunnel that Axe has made. And, like, he just starts going to Taxon to continue this project. But, like, it's a really kind of weird moment. Like, Tobias is just like, peace, guys. You keep having this weird argument. I'm going to go fucking do my thing. I mean, Um, you know. I mean, why wait? There's no need. <laughs> You're not needed for this argument. You can leave. <laughs> so Tobias was ready this time for the taxon instincts. He was prepared to deal with it. And then he focuses entirely on the dirt and digging and keeping going. And he does until he hits cement. And that's when he knows he's reached the edge of the yerk pool. Taylor had said they'd come in high, but Tobias still didn't expect that they would have to go up even a little further, like, over the top of the cement wall. Um, but Tobias follows the taxon instinct and starts digging up. He finally breaks through and looks upon the yerk pool below him, and all of a sudden, Taylor is up beside him, and he's like, whoa, 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 how did the team not stop you? Like, what the fuck are you doing here? And she goes, oh, I incapacitated them, and then, like, grabs Tobias and, like, whatever her cool arm thing incapacitates him, and he's, like, frozen, staring down at the pool, and he sees some people down there who aren't screaming, but they're also not voluntary. They're, like, this really stoic bunch, and then Taylor starts going on about how, like, 
my people are professionals. They don't fuck around. Blah, blah, blah. This is the part where I was very drunk, so I'm not sure if they were trying to imply that those stoic people were Taylor's people or not. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so Taylor, once again, offers to Tobias, we could rule together. You could just, you know, become part of my team. Let me take your body and become part of the resistance. Super gross. Um, but in this moment was when Tobias saw that place in the Yurk pool where he hid when he became a Nothlet. It's this craggy rock face that's in front of him, and he remembers clinging to it while the hours just kind of went on and on, trapping him as a hawk forever. And he's like, I know there's always a choice, maybe only between bad and worse, but there is always a choice. And that's when Tobias starts contemplating if maybe this choice to become a hawk was a cowardly one, because he knew that his life kind of would be better as a hawk, even though it would take him out of the fight, because, of course, at the time, he didn't know he'd get his morphing powers back. So, um, he starts contemplating that and like, maybe like this was really cowardly to run away from my life and become a hawk and like do this, but I, I can't answer that right now. I only know that I became an athlete because of my choices and I didn't have a good choice. I just had a bad or worse and I made the decision. Um, and then he takes a moment to tell Taylor like, Hey, you're obsessed with power. And if you ever get it, you're only going to want more. You're never going to be satisfied. And I will Taylor never be makes satisfied. Some... Sorry. <laughs> Good. I wrote it exactly for that reason. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, and Taylor just goes, I'll prove you right, and jabs her artificial hand into Tobias's neck with more paralyzing particles before taking off running down the tunnel. Um Okay, so Tobias is like, Where are you going? And she responds, You'll know soon enough. And Tobias is like, I gotta chase her. So what he does is the coolest fucking leaning into the morph that is done in any recent history of Animorphs, where he just summons all of the taxon hunger and rage and focuses on the image of Taylor and just, like, eating her. (laughs) And in, like, his taxon body overcomes the paralyzing particle bends back over itself in an impossible U-turn angle. He powers his legs and, like, scrunches past his own body and on hunger and rage alone starts powering down this tunnel after her, gaining speed as he, like, overcomes the paralysis more and more. He starts screaming to his team, like, go after her, get her, and they're like, we can't move, we're still paralyzed, and he's like, just try harder, it doesn't (laughs) last that long. Um, But... They are not able to overcome like Tobias is. And they call like, oh, God, here she comes. Oh, she passed us. Like, we we can't really move. And Tobias just kind of steamrolls past them right after Taylor while they're still like half coming out of it, dragging limbs that are still paralyzed and that sort of stuff. Um, and so he's like right on her tail at this point. And she tried to turn and paralyze him, but he saw her lift her arm up. So he kind of like slams his body at her, knocks her arm away. She shoots the the paralyzing agent into the wall and takes off running again. Tobias like gets the edge of her foot and starts like gnawing on her foot. But she's able to like kind of pull and slip away from him. And then she stops because she's in sight line of the gas pipes now. And she goes, if you come any closer, I'm blowing this place up. And Tobias is like, you said we'd have 20 minutes to get out of here. And if you blow it up now, you're going to die with us. And then in the 
creepiest fucking diabolicalist part of the book ever. That's not a word. Most diabolical <laughs> part of the book ever. Taylor smiles this disgusting yerk smile of pure evil and says, no, I've replaced my skull with pieces of impact, high impact polymer one chunk at a time, and this body's gonna burn and die, but the yerk inside my head's gonna survive. Ew. And then, like, she shoots the pipe Ugh. and blows it up. How fucking gross is that? So gross. She'd just be like a head. Okay, but not even that. Like, yes, just a head, just a rolling yerk in a tumbling brain, polymer, high impact skull shaped container but also taylor had to go under surgery how many times on her face and head to replace parts of her skull piece by piece with this high impact polymer knowing every single time that that surgery was only because her body was going to be destroyed and she was going to die and the yerk that she had an alliance with in quotations was planning on surviving by staying inside of her head polymer shell like, imagine that. Uh, like, Taylor had to know, because of what they were doing to her, what the fuck was happening. But, like, also, can... When the human dies, I thought it was something about, like, the signals not being sent to the brain anymore that kills the Yerks. I mean, I don't know what they did inside of her head, though. Like, would the brain survive long enough for the Yerk? to be yeah recovered? exactly that's what i'm wondering because like the body's destroyed like you're dead because you're not your heart's not pumping to the blood of the brain anymore you're fucking dead so you're just like a head with a yerk in it but i thought you know the brain inactivity was what killed the yerk. i don't know like that's kind of what we've been positing we don't really know right but that's that was our theory but, like, if you're protecting the brain inside of this casing, who's to say that there's not something in there that would sustain the brain for, like, even 30 minutes? Like, you know, whatever it would take to, like, okay, sure. find the fucking beheaded polymer skull. <laughs> but, like, oh, what God, if... That's so creepy. But, like, what if the head rolls down a different tunnel and even if you have 30 minutes to get out of it, like, you're stuck. You can't find anything else to infest and then you just die in the tunnel. This is not a very well thought out plan. I mean, it's a risk they've got to be willing to take. And honestly, this could totally be a ploy from Visor 3 to be like, yeah, you'll totally live. It's fine. But she's not gonna. Like, there's yeah. no way that, that this would even happen. It's just like you were promised by whatever scientists or Visor 3 or whatever that this is how it would go down. Yeah, true. And it also could just be her lying to Tobias to fuck with him. Yeah. Like, you can never be sure that you're rid of me because the Taylor body may be gone, but I could live. Like, it could just be totally fucking with him. Yeah. It's all bad. It's all bad. But I really like the idea that this was actually a thing that happened and that at some point the alliance between Taylor and that Yerk would have to be broken because he's basically like, I'm going to destroy your body and churn it up and I'm going to live. Yeah. Yeah, it's all fucked up. Well, because okay. Taylor had that little breakthrough in the cafe. Yeah, that's... She did. Yeah, because she was like, ah, don't listen to her. 
oh man, what if Taylor totally had a change of heart and was trying, like, raging like Tom was against his Yerk the whole time, trying to switch sides in those final moments. Yeah. (sighs) Anyway. Anyways, so Taylor blasts the pipe, she just fucking blasts it, and then goes tumbling down the tunnel laughing the whole time as she, like, just flies away. God. Um, so now our, our good kids are tumbling along and screaming down this tunnel and they're already running out of air because the gas is just like forcing them down towards the yerk pool. And Tobias is like encouraging them like, okay, hold on. Try not to get like, you know, tumbled out. Like try not to go shooting out into the yerk pool. But all of his friends are losing consciousness and they're kind of like, can't breathe. Nope, this is bad. And so Tobias is trying to like, stop them from like moving forward with the force of this gas he's using his little taxon cone legs to try and like wedge them against the sides of the tunnel and stop them and he's slowing them down but they're still being pushed through here with the force of all the gases coming out then um tobias gets to a smaller tunnel where he's able to dig in more but his legs are starting to like snap off and he's screaming as like he's being drugged down this tunnel and it's just like what happened in spider man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when he's trying to stop the train. I knew exactly what you were talking Fuck about. Yeah. Don't you worry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, except his legs are actually coming off. Right. And falling off. Yay. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, Tobias is digging into this tunnel. The tunnel is getting smaller, so he's able to dig in further and further. And he finally squeaks to a stop right as his taxon face is drawing even with the edge of the tunnel where it opens up into the yerk pool. And he realizes the taxon body can actually breathe in this gas. Like, he's doing okay. And so now Tobias is their only hope. So he kind of, like, U-turns over himself again. And as he's doing that, he realizes the walls are still coated with all of this slime from the digging. So Tobias doubles down and does this impossible thing where he turns and starts pushing all of his team members' friends down this tunnel using the slime as some sort of weird pushing lubrication. And it was like percentages at a time, like just a little bit, a little bit, and then faster and faster. And he's pushing with everything he has. And finally he gets some speed up. But while he's doing this, he's also fighting off his own hunger because he's basically just pushing a bunch of, like, weak, dying animal bodies and his taxon body is like, hell yeah, feast! Um, And so he's, like, having to overcome obstacles at every angle. But he resists and finally he pushes them back into the cement sewer tank where they started. Yay, Tobias, you're a badass! Such a badass! So when they get there, they realize the gas is somehow turned off and they start coming around now that everybody's breathing oxygen and Jake is the one that starts gasping out, how? How is the gas turned off? They don't really know. So they demorph. They mostly went back to battle morphs. Tobias uh, just flew up as himself, got an aerial view, and he realizes that there's something wrong at the pumping station itself. It's like, he, he says it like it's... Like when you can tell that something terrible is about to happen because it's too quiet or something terrible has happened because things are just like wrong even though nothing's moving. And he sees that there's this broken door with glass everywhere outside of the station. So they go over there. Tobias lands, goes to Andalite so that he's useful in a fight inside. And they file into this station 
and all around them are human workers in uniforms passed out. And like, I think at first they thought it was a bunch of dead bodies, but then they realized like, no, they're just unconscious from the gas thing. And then they see all of the yurks that were in these workers, like wriggling on the floor outside of their host bodies. Just horrifying. How? I think they thought they were going to die from the gas, so they just, like, l- abandoned their host bodies. Oh. Um, there's a door open towards the back of the pumping station, so Tobias walks through, and he sees Cassie back there, and he finds her next to the big, like, gas pipe, I imagine, large, rounded wheel, where she's turned it off and saved them all, and Cassie is curled up in a ball crying. And Tobias goes in there and tries to, like, get her up, but he can't really do much with his really weak Andalite arms. And <laughs> Sorry. I know. It's brought up so many times. Um, and in the distance, he can hear sirens. So he's, like, telling her, we need to go. We need to go. And he says, it's it's okay. It'll be okay. And Cassie goes, no, it will never be okay. Aww. Cut. Damn. I know. Poor Cassie. So, here's the point where we get the entire plan. So, the next day, Tobias and Rachel are flying free, enjoying some serious thermals. And after riding them peacefully for a while, Rachel says, hey, do you want to head towards the beach? And Tobias is like, yeah, let's do it. So, they take off and they find this high, craggy part of the beach where nobody's really around because it's hard to get there. And Rachel demorphs, Tobias morphs to his human body. And they start talking about the previous evening. And Tobias says, did, did Cassie come over and tell you what happened? And Rachel goes, yeah. So Cassie went to warn Mr. Tidwell that this whole thing was going down. And he told Cassie that the peace movement all fed at the same time so that they could pass information and, and discuss what was going on. And um, Taylor, it turns out, was working with Visor 3. And she was pretending to go against Visor 3 so she could make an attempt to kill the Animorphs and the Yerk peace movement all in one fell swoop. So the plan that they were following was that they were going to go to the to the Yerk pool at the time when the peace resistance was all feeding together, and Taylor was going to facilitate the blowing up of both the pool and the Animorphs breaking into the pool, thinking that they were going to be helping this faction. And there was a third part of this plan where, because Taylor was pretending to be part of this resistance, that they were going to pin the whole thing on the peace movement and say, look at these terroristic attacks and try to get some Yerks that had maybe been thinking about becoming dissenters to come back to the Empire. But the plan totally failed, just barely, but it did fail because none of this went down. And Tobias started beating himself up saying like, I can't believe I didn't listen to my gut. I can't believe I just went ahead with this and defended Taylor. I don't know what I was thinking. And Rachel just says, well, I'd do it all again the same way. And he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) And she's like, Just because you made the wrong decision doesn't mean that the actions didn't lead to opening new doors that wouldn't have been opened if we just sat around not doing anything. It was all for the best in the end. We had an opportunity that we never would have had. We found out more information. It turned out pretty well for us, actually, even though it was the wrong decision. And Tobias goes, oh, really? Having Cassie fight off all those human controllers alone was for the best? And Rachel's like, well, maybe not that part, but it was the lesser of two evils. And then at that moment, a twig blew across the ground in front of them. They both reached for it, and they ended up holding hands. Cute. That's the end of this book. Cute. 
was pretty cute. Ugh. I mean, I think this was a pretty strong book. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. The tax mm-hmm. and stuff was, like, super good. It was very visceral yeah. and very, like... We got we got a little bit of tax and stuff in Andalite Chronicles, was it? Uh yeah, we did with, when they morphed yeah, in the with yeah. LeBron. Um with LeBron, LeBron James, James and and the hive. Yeah. Um but like <laughs> this was this was some new tax and stuff and it was very like enlightening. And what I thought was really cool was that early on in the book, Tobias kept like talking about like, oh, you know, being a hawk means, like, you're hungry and you have to catch your own food and you're always aware of how hungry you are. And that came back to into play when he was a taxon. He's like, oh, I understand, like, this, like, primal need to eat for, for the taxons because, like, I feel this as a hawk sometimes. And that was just really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I appreciated both that and the fact that the taxon, instead of just being, like, like, they, they have no sympathy for the taxon yeah. at all. Like, it even, like, you know, oh, we the hork like, you know, they're peaceful, blah, blah, blah. The taxon, they hate, have always hated them, have never had any sympathy. And in this book, like, Tobias starts talking in a way where it's almost like, well, they have rage. Like, there's more to them. They're starting to hint that, like, yeah. maybe they're not just this thing. Although, he at one point, he described, like, what they do when they're... I think it's when they're hibernating, they all just, like, sleep on top of each other like a pile of mating snakes, and then if they're hungry, they just eat each other, which is really (laughs) horrifying, but apart from that, yes. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, man. There's, like, I mean, I'm not saying that they're redeemed in any way. They are disgusting, horrifying beasts, but there's more to them than just that disgusting beastness. Yeah. I don't know. Overall, good stuff. I liked Axe a lot in this book. I loved Axe in this book. I loved Marco in this book. I appreciated Cassie a lot in this book. I guess this is character ratings <laughs> I'm doing. Do Welcome you want to get into character, character ratings? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> We have a theme song. Uh, how... We have a theme song that we just made just now <laughs> for this. Um, okay, how do we feel about Jake? He paced a lot. Yes, <laughs> he did do that. Um, I don't know. Four, I guess. Wasn't a star player, but he was still good. Okay. Um, I'm giving him a five. Whoa! And let me tell you why. Okay. <laughs> Because I, I thought he did make some, like, very... He wasn't there all the time, for sure. Because that's Jake, right? He's very soft-spoken in these books, unless he's making a decision. And then he's very, like, mysterious and leaderly. But, like, he did make some leader-like decisions. Um, there was... It felt like a kind of background of him looking out for Tobias. And maybe not always successfully, but it was there. Mm-hmm. Um... Then there was the scene where Axe flipped the sewer at him and he very dryly (laughs) said, wow, Axe, why don't you go work for the city? And for that line alone, I laughed out loud and wanted to give him a five. Okay, fair. (laughs) So that's my argument. Okay. For that. Okay. What about Rachel? Uh, 
Well, she was amazing, per usual. She was a badass, and she was also very loving towards Tobias. And she also showed kind of a morally complex part of her, which I appreciated. Mm -hmm. So I'll give her a five. I mean, obviously I'm giving her five, but I really mean it this time. (laughs) So let it be known. A five uh, with an extra star. Yes. It's it's a super five is what I'm giving her. And it for all the same reasons that, that you just said. Like she was really um a lot happened with her in this book. And it was actually like a book where finally we see Rachel and Tobias interactions and it seems like they're actually interactions and not just like a very kind of strange thing that the author put in here because they're allegedly dating. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> but no, I liked I, I liked all of her um her decisions, her interactions. I liked that she took the time to say, like, Cassie's right. She's She has a very good point. But then still focus on, like, but Taylor does need to die. Right. It wasn't completely out of character. Right. And it, it wasn't a complete, like, you know, oh, no, Cassie, for sure. We should definitely not do this, blah, blah, blah. It was more like a, she has a very good point, and I'm, I'm considering it. And I think she's right about some things, but, like, I have my own things going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I loved that. I loved that so much. Uh, And then I really loved the very mature discussion they had at the end. Because I feel like after Tobias's torture book, they shared that kiss, I believe, was at the end of that book. Cute. But it it was adorable. I loved it. But there was no preamble to it of her actually saying things that, like, would be supportive and helpful for somebody who's just been through a super traumatic event. Yeah. Um. But in this one, she was, like, talking it through with him in, like, a really respectful, mature way to help him actually, like, process what had just yeah. happened. And I liked Aww. that a lot. Yeah. Aww. Okay. Those are all my thoughts on Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, how much I love her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, okay, let's talk about Cassie. <sighs> Quintessential Cassie, the morally correct one. Or the morally, I don't know. Uh, words are starting to fail me at this point in the podcast. <laughs> we have reached the point where the words are hard. Yeah, the thinking is hard. Um, no, I thought Cassie was great in this book. I thought she was very like true to her character. Um, part of part of me was like, why did you let your friends do this? But then she came back in the end and like actually helped out a lot and through you know obviously great emotional sacrifice so i am all about that yeah i would give her a five i yeah i'm gonna again do i'm doing a five and for all the reasons i agree with you um and i'll just add that like she had her own like book 19 adventure part two on her own and we didn't even get to like read that like she went and saw mr tidwell connected with them like figured out the movement made the decision to come and save her friends fought her way into the station turned off the gas like this was like oh man this was one of the things that we always talk about how we love so much that like just because you're in one character's head doesn't mean the world stops and you're only Mm -hmm. focusing on them and this was such a good example of that for sure oh it was so good I can just imagine her inner turmoil. And, of course, the other book that we made up in our own heads about her convincing Jake all night that he should not do this mission and him 
yeah. deciding that they had to. Oh. What yeah. morph did she use, though, to incapacitate the controllers? I gotta imagine wolf, right? Yeah, I'm just wondering how you unconscious somebody as a wolf. Maybe Horkbisher. Maybe. <laughs> Water buffalo! <laughs> Water buffalo! <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> not or African Cape Buffalo was it Cape Buffalo? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, I got the wrong Buffalo. A giant Buffalo man. Miss him. Yeah, Buffalo man. R.I.P. Buffalo man. Yeah. Oh man, and I the scene where Tobias walks in and finds Cassie crying is really yeah. intense. Oh, especially because they haven't had a lot of like one-on-one character interaction. I think. Yeah, and, like, their whole spiel when they do is, like, those moral quandaries. So, like, yeah. having that moment where it was, it was, like, a moral quandary and then Tobias trying to comfort her and her just saying, like, nothing's okay. Nothing will ever be okay. Like, I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you wear me out. <laughs> <laughs> not about that. Marco! Marco. Dear Marco. I don't even know. <laughs> like, not not a big player in this book, but, but such good lines. Everything he said was gold in this book. I know. <sighs> okay, I'll just give him a five. I'm giving him a five too. Everything Damn. he said was gold. Though, like, I I could hear the aggravating teenage boy when he was going, X Man, go to the James Bond site. It's really important. <laughs> Google James Bond. <laughs> like, it's very important. I, yes. oh, fuck yeah. Not much in this book, but every line worth it. For sure. And they nothing super gross. Nothing super gross at all. Just pure excitement about James Bond. <laughs> and getting a B in gym. <laughs> B minus. <laughs> oh, yes. That's even worse. Um,. <laughs> How do we feel about Axe? Well, of course I'm going to give him a five. Of course. I, too, am giving him a five. (laughs) He was in this book a lot, which is excellent because he and Tobias are besties. They are. They are, and I appreciate them so much, and he was so good. And they were both Andalites together for, like, a very large portion of the book. Yeah. Which we haven't seen since I think Tobias got his Andalite morph. Yeah, for maybe. sure. Yeah. No, that's that's accurate. I I am remembering. This is what I want. <laughs> this is exactly what you wanted. Andalite that's adventures like... with your yeah. uncle X. <laughs> that's still weird to me. <laughs> Best friend and uncle X. Do stuff <laughs> together, together forever. Andalites yeah. around. My best friend is my uncle. <laughs> Doing tailblade stuff, being shorms together forever. Being <laughs> shorms together. <laughs> oh, Doing the rituals forever. in the morning. Oh god, <laughs> this is all I want. <laughs> That's why I thought you'd be like oh. so pumped about this book because it's got moral quandaries. It's got Cassie being like a badass, but also with morals. It's got Axe and Tobias doing storm stuff together as Andalites. I was like, this book has everything Casey said she wanted. I just... I may, I hate Taylor. That's like, fair. Taylor's she, the fucking worst. God. 
just I don't know something about Taylor that I just like of course she tortured our baby boy Tobias which is yeah, terrible that is but fucking like, awful I don't know like I think she's a good villain although I don't quite I don't know oh I'm the only one who I didn't give Jake a five and he's the only one well we still have to read Tobias well he's gonna have five obviously okay he's, he's a wonderful boy who's he does, been through a yeah. lot and he kicked ass and saved all his friends with amazing powers. And the poor thing still thinks he's weak. And I'm just like, boy, if you were weak, Rachel wouldn't like you. Like, oh my God. Mic drop. Like, I can't believe he thinks he's weak in any way. And I realize that, like, part of this is supposed to be from the torture. And part of it's from his upbringing where he was constantly told, you're worthless. You aren't worth my time. And not just told that, but shown that with being mm-hmm. shuttled back and forth with people who didn't give a shit about him. Abandoned by his parents. Everything has set him up to be like, I am awful. And even, like, now hunting when, like, every time he, like catches his breakfast he thinks in his head of taylor telling him he's a pathetic little bird and that sort of stuff but then like he will turn around and have these amazing feats of strength like when he overcame the paralysis with like just using his wits and the taxons hunger and rage and like the ability to like resist not only the everything going on in the tunnel with the gas pushing him out and all that with his strength, but also from like eating the pile of meat in front of him in a beast whose main state of being is just insane hunger to the point where they can't control themselves. Like he is so fucking strong, like uh-huh. mentally the fortitude is just insane and like it kills me and hurts me that he thinks that he is weak because he's so far opposite of that and i am just so fucking happy that rachel is there and recognizes that in him even though he doesn't and like that's one of the things that i think really like why i love rachel and tobias together because He is, like, he thinks he's weak and admires Rachel so much for being strong because she's, like, physically and strong and has confidence and everything. And Rachel admires so much that he is so mentally strong. And, like, it's the two different aspects of it, like, that are, like, the halves of each other that they appreciate. And, like, I just love that whole connection and interaction and the way that that plays out. It's just so awesome to see. Mm Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that's my dissertation. You can read the other 40 pages. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) On the Facebook group where I will be posting this later. MLA formatted. We're excited. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Yeah, no. (laughs) The reference points are all me and my brain. Anyways, no, like, I just, I love it so much. And books like, we get so few Tobias and Axe books that, like, Everyone is a treasure, and I just appreciate this book so much for showing that. And I know, I think I know exactly what you mean with, like, one of the reasons it's not, like, immediately a favorite book is because the lows are so low that it's hard to say, like, I love this. Because then you have to acknowledge, like, a lot of the torture and the dark shit and the gore that is just hard to process with all of the highs of this book. Yeah, And so what I'm discovering just reading through this entire series is that sometimes my favorite books 
I don't immediately recognize as my favorite books. Like, mm-hmm. in since we're now, like, in the mid-40s, like, the books that are my favorites are the ones that, like, I hearken back to and I remember, you know, stand out. Like, yeah. Like, I would say, like, book four is up there because, like, that's when we found Axe and I, like, remember everything about that book. And, like, yeah. I think this one will end up being pretty high, but it's kind of hard to recognize it in the moment. Although it's again, compared to the last two books that we've had, oh my God, it's the like, lowest of lows. it's it like not even in the same league. Yeah. I feel like we're back on track. Like we took a weird side branch and it was a terrible mm-hmm. thing. And we decided that, no, we don't want to live here. And we got back on track. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. But man, did I enjoy this book? Like, and I remembered enjoying, I think I said last week, like, I can't specifically recall what it was about because this is one of the last ones I ever read. Um, But like, I did remember enjoying it a lot. And now I can really see why I did, even if I didn't like focus intently on like different aspects of the story, because like at its core, it's pretty simple, right? Like it's a single plan. They do the plan. It goes awry. That's the book. But like... There's so much to it that I really, I enjoyed it a lot. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to uh, email us your brain busters, you can do that at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. You can go onto our Facebook group, which is Animorphs Anonymous, or our super cool, super secret subgroup called the Andalite Bandalites, which is facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous. You can tweet at us at Animorphs Anon, and you can also check out my terrible images on Instaslam where I sometimes put the best jokes I can think of when I'm posting episodes <laughs> to really give you a high-low with the joke-to-image ratio, and uh, that's at Animorphs Anonymous. Dear God. Yeah. <laughs> uh. You can find Animorphs Anonymous. That's our podcast that you just listened to. Congratulations. Good for you. Um, you can find us on other podcast hosting sites such as Spotify, Podcast Republic, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, dear God, Google Play. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Except I'm maybe not Google Play. We've been having apparently issues with them. I have a ticket open. It's a oh, whole thing. Well, shit. Don't go to Google Play. Just fuck Google Play. Just use Spotify, you guys. Everyone uses Spotify. Yeah, we're on Spotify. Yeah, just... I there. use Stitcher, but everybody else uses <laughs> Spotify. Oh, man. Tell me about your comic, please. I have a comic. It is now updating again after my long hiatus. Um, it is called Beside You. You can find it at bsideyoucomic.com. Please go read it. I work really hard on it. And it's very, very good. Thank you. Um, I don't have a comic, but occasionally I am a third podcast person on Cadmus to Crisis, a Superboy podcast, and I don't know if they're still publishing episodes that I'm on or if they're past that point because I am a terrible third podcast host that shouldn't (laughs) talk about Superboy ever. But if you're interested in that kind of thing, they do a podcast about it. Hooray! Yay! We did it. We did it. Um, and I just have one final request before we end this podcast. Uh oh. Please, listeners, if you've ever thought that you enjoy me as a person and want to make me happy, please post in the Andalite Bandalite group your list of threatening foods. <laughs> <laughs> it would 
would bring me so much joy if you would do that. <laughs> I haven't laughed that hard at something so ridiculous in a long time, and I really appreciated that. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, Shit. that's it. Challenge I'm out. accepted. <laughs> Good. All right. Fairly well. Until next time, everyone. I'm just dropping this on you. Devil's food cake. I'm out. Oh, yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>